Thank you, Dave, for reading God's Word for us. Uh, Good morning, and uh, let me add uh, my welcome to Dave's. My name is Bill Gorman, and uh, I'm the campus pastor here at the Brookside campus, and so glad that you've joined us this morning, that you're here, and uh, really uh, excited to uh, be opening uh, God's Word with you this morning and uh, and studying this passage that, uh, that Dave just read for us. And I always like to begin our time of looking at God's word by praying and asking that God would help us to understand it, that his spirit would be at work in our hearts as we hear it uh, read and taught. So I want to do that right now. Father in heaven, thank you that you have given us the gift of your word and that by your spirit you continue to speak to us through your word, that this isn't a dead book, but that this is a living book um, by the power of your spirit that points us uh, to Jesus for your glory. And so we pray that it would be that to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it was this week, uh, 13 years ago, that I first moved to Kansas City from St. Louis. And uh, in August of 2001, uh, I was a scrawny, uh, geeky college student. And and actually, on that front, not a lot has changed. I just have more education and and, and less hair now uh, than back then. Um, But I was just beginning this week, 13 years ago, to figure out what does it mean to live on my own in a brand new city, um, with, apart from my parents and all that. And, and 13 years ago, I had no idea, no clue, how much this city and how much this church would capture my life and completely alter the course of it. If, if you told me 13 years ago on that first Sunday that I walked through the doors of Christ's community as a college freshman, that, that I would not only end up 13 years later still be living in Kansas City, but that I would be working on staff as a pastor at Christ's community, um, having gotten to be a part of launching two campuses of Christ's community, um, I wouldn't have believed you, and actually I don't think any of the leaders at Christ's community would have believed you uh, if, if you told them that was going to be true of me. And not the least, because when I walked in the doors as a college freshman, I had really no passion or interest for for church planting, um, because I didn't fit the traditional modes of a church planner, and it just just wasn't my thing. And yet, now I'm standing here in front of you, and in a month, we're going to celebrate our, our second anniversary as a campus. Now, I'll always remember where I was sitting in our loft downtown, and I got a phone call from Kevin Harlan, one of our senior pastors, a call that that ended up changing the direction leading of our lives, leading Rachel and I to move here to Brookside to begin gathering a group of pioneers to start this campus. This building that we're sitting in uh, had gone up for sale, and, and an anonymous donor in our congregation who knew a group of people had been praying for this area came to us, made us an incredible offer. They said, well, we'd be willing to provide the money to, to buy this building, to, to renovate, it, renovate it, and even provide some money to help start a campus here. And when we, as a church, accepted that offer, Rachel and I were helping to start our downtown campus. But late that evening after the phone call from Kevin, as Rachel and I were driving through the streets of Brookside, we found ourselves feeling an overwhelming sense of calling, and fear, and excitement, and trepidation. But we knew this is where God was calling us. It was exciting, but it was also risky and scary and unknown. But two years later, here we are. And just a show of hands, how many of you are here that very first Sunday back in September? 
So look at how many new people have come. There's a crew, yeah, but so many new people have, have joined us. And you remember that first Sunday. I mean, it was scary. It was a new thing. We had left what was familiar, and we were starting something new. It's exactly how Tom and, and Liz felt 25 years ago when they moved to Kansas City to start Christ Community in their apartment in Lenexa, which, which grew to what would become the Leewood campus. It's exactly how Nathan Miller felt when a small people, a group of people from Olathe set out from, from Leewood, or set out from Leewood to Olathe eight years ago to start our very first other campus. That, that building was given to us also. It's how Gabe Coyle felt when, when I handed him a fledgling group of people who were meeting in our loft with no building and very little budget and said, Gabe, here, here you go. Um, make something of this. And while this may be a kind of a fun history lesson about how Christ community has grown into one church with four locations around our city, the question is, so what? So what? Why does this make a big deal? I mean, did Kansas City really need another church? I mean, I think I have a slide here of a map of our city. I mean, all of those red dots on that map are churches, some of them are churches' chickens, actually. Uh, Google Maps doesn't distinguish. Um, but most of them are churches. And as you look at that map, you say, does Christ community, does Kansas City really need another church or another chicken place? I don't know. Um, and if you look at Brookside, this is a zooming in of us. Again, all of those tiny red dots are churches. Did Brookside really need another church? And I want to tell you something that I, that I believe with all of my heart. Something that, that might sound a little bit ridiculous at first. Something that, that could even seem like a joke. But this is what is, that there will never be too many churches. There will never be too many churches. Some of you might be thinking, really, Bill? That there'll never be too many churches? I mean... Church is so messy, it's often ineffective, sometimes it's actually destructive. I mean, if anything, it feels like we've got too many churches. But, but what we see here in Ephesians, and the passion that drives us as a church, is that there will never be too many churches. And so now we're, we're talking, uh, taking these next three Sundays at all of our campuses to talk about what we believe that God has called us to be and where we believe that he's taking us. And he's already going before us. He's already leading. And we want to follow him where he is at. Our mission statement from the very beginning, from when Tom and Liz had this little congregation in their apartment in Lenexa, from the very beginning, has been that we desire to be a caring family of multiplying disciples, influencing our community and world for Jesus Christ. And as an institution, we are in the middle of our third decade and when we began this decade, we called it Destination 30, and, and we began to think about it in terms of a decade of deployment, of giving ourselves away for the, the sake of the gospel and the good of our city. And as we've grown into this third decade, and we're kind of halfway through it, we, we've grown much more complex as an organization, and we've also felt the, the need then to become more focused in the work that God has called us to. And there are three things that drive us that set us apart, that, that God has called us uniquely to be Christ's community. So what is Christ's community about? If you had to say it in three things. It's these three things. Christ's community is about multiplying churches, 
multiplying disciples, multiplying leaders. Multiplying churches, multiplying disciples, multiplying leaders. This is what we are passionate about as a church. And if you're new here, I hope that that excites you. And if you've been here since, since day one, I hope you say, of, of course, that's what we've always been about. In fact, we currently have a group of people. I just, I just love this. Um, it's just evidence of this is at the core of who we are. We have a group of people from all campuses who are gathered together right now thinking about our global strategy. How do we engage in the church missionally around the world? And, and we asked that group of people without any input from the staff. They just said, what, what are the, the three, the top five values that we would want to have with our partners that we work with around the globe? And this is what they came up with. The top three. They said, well, we'd want them to be, know that churches are planted, disciples are multiplied, and leaders are developed. It's just our DNA. That's who we are. We want to multiply everywhere, Kansas City and across the globe. And each of these three multiplyings will, will make up the messages for these three Sundays. So this morning we're looking at multiplying churches, and then next week disciples, and then leaders. You see, we multiply churches in order to multiply disciples, people coming to faith in Jesus and then growing, in order to multiply leaders in our homes, our schools, our cities, our vocations, so that we can multiply churches and then multiply disciples and then multiply more leaders. It works in a cycle. We do all of this for, for God's glory and for the good of our city. So there will never be too many churches and so this morning, as we look at Ephesians, we're going to try to answer three questions. Why do we need more churches? What are, what are we collectively going to do about it? And then what are we individually going to do about it? So, so why do we need more churches? What are we going to do about it? And then what are you going to do about it? So as we look at this passage that Dave you read for us in Ephesians, the first question we ask here is, why do we need more churches? And the first thing we see is that we need more churches. There will never be too many churches because there will always be people who are outsiders who need to become insiders. There will always be people who are outsiders who need to become insiders. Notice what Paul writes in verses 12 and 4 through 14 in, uh, in chapter 2. He says, remember that you were at one time separated from Christ alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down his flesh, in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. You see, the local church is the place where people of all sorts of backgrounds are reconciled into one new family, into one new body, which is the presence of God. You see, Paul, the Apostle Paul, writing this letter, uh, he's addressing the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people in the first century. And, and those people were serious outsiders when it came to God's people, the Jews, the Israelites. You see, God had always intended for Israel, for the Jewish people, to be a light and an invitation to the Gentile nations. But at this point in history, in the first century Roman Empire, Jews viewed Gentiles as pagan oppressors at best. 
to be tolerated from a distance, and at worst, those to be violently overthrown. And Gentiles viewed Jews as sort of an odd religious minority who had rejected their gods and religion and culture. But now in Christ Jesus, those who were once far off were brought near by the blood of Christ. The dividing wall of hostility was broken down between them and God and also between them and one another. In Christ, Paul says in verse 16, Jews and Gentiles are both reconciled to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing hostility. That's us. We have been brought together. We've been reconciled into one body. The church is the one place where people from every background can gather in the presence of God, where those who are far off are brought near in Christ, just like we were to share our faith with others, to be a community where skeptics can ask questions and watch us closely and explore if Jesus really is who he says he is. We are united together in one body, all valuable, all interdependent. Everyone matters. No one is extra. No one's superfluous. And we, we see this happening in, here at Brookside in our community. I want to tell you the story of one of our community groups. And I was having lunch with the, the leader of this community group, Adam Ballantyne, this weekend. I was, just, I was struck by this community group that's come together. Prior to being in this community group, none of these people knew one another. They didn't have relationships with one another. They, just, they found one another in a community group at church. An African-American nurse and photographer who live in Jackson County. A white ER doctor and, and photographer who live in Johnson County. Photographer and interior designer musicians who live in Brookside, families with young kids, families with kids in college and beyond, stay-at-home moms and moms who are also working outside of the home. You see, there's no way that that group of people finds each other, shares life together, comes together to sacrificially love one another outside of the local church. The church is where people who are outside come inside where people who are alienated from God and from one another find themselves deeply connected to and known by God and one another. We've seen that, haven't we? I mean, many of you walked through the doors of this place a few weeks ago, a few months ago, last year. Not sure what you believe, but someone invited you or you saw the sign and you came in. Or maybe you started having kids and you thought maybe it's time to get back to church. But now you've met Christ. You who once were far off have been brought near. We had a record 42 baptisms last Saturday at our baptism service. That's a record for Christ community in a single service. Yeah. Because listen, as long as there are outsiders, there will never be too many churches. But you might say, well, but Bill, I mean, can't the existing churches do that work? I mean, sure, those churches out there that embrace the gospel and are passionate about these things, they are doing that work. But but the trouble is that studies show that newer churches tend to reach far more outsiders than established churches. Newer congregations see between 600 and 800% more conversions than older churches. You see, the the older church gets it, it just becomes more, it grows inward, it becomes more self-focused. Members get comfortable, it begins to exist for itself. And and on top of that, nearly 4,000 churches close every year in America. 
I love how Pastor Tim Keller summarizes this research. He says this. He says, the vigorous, continual planting of new congregations is the single most crucial strategy for evangelism. He says nothing else, not crusades, outreach programs, parachurch ministries, growing megachurches, congregational counseling, consulting, newer church, re- church renewal processes will have the consistent impact of dynamic, extensive church planting. And while his words may seem surprising, when you have people who really study this stuff, it's not even controversial what he says. New churches are the best way to reach new people. So as long as there are outsiders, there will never be too many churches. Second, in verses 19 and 20 in Ephesians chapter 2, we see that there will never be too many churches because there will always be lonely people who need to become family. There will always be lonely people who need to become family. Look at what Paul says in these verses. He says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. In the last section that we just read, Paul used the metaphor of a body to describe the church. And here in these verses, he uses the metaphor of a household, of a family place where people who are lonely become family. You see, because in the local church, outsiders just don't become insiders. Strangers in the lonely become family. That's why our mission statement begins with, we desire to be a caring family. This household, this family is built on on the foundation of God's word. That's what the apostles and prophets are referring to, that that they are the ones who God used to write the Old and New Testaments, the Bible. And the cornerstone of that household to which all of the apostles and prophets are based on and point to is Jesus. The local church is the place where being and belonging intersect. You belong here in the local church. This is the place where God is designed for you to be a part, for you to flourish in community. It may not feel like it all the time, but if you look around, if you look at the people sitting next to you, sitting in front of you, behind you, they, in Christ, are your brothers and sisters. They're your family. And as a family, we celebrate together, we cry together, we serve one another, we share with one another, we bring one another meals when we're sick or just had a baby, we help one another when there's unexpected need or tragedy. We are a family. And most of us are our neighbors. We live in the, this area, in this neighborhood. And one of the largest shifts in the history of Christ's community was when we made the move to multi-site, when we decided to stop asking people to drive 20-plus minutes to come to us and said, we're going to bring church to them. Because if you live far away from your church, you're, you're going to struggle to engage, and, and you're not going to invite your neighbors. That's why we started Olathe in downtown and Brookside, so we'd have churches in these neighborhoods, in these communities. Multiplication helps us to stay smaller while at the same time reaching more people. Keeps our communities more intimate, but also allows us to reach new people. As long as there are lonely people, there will never be too many churches. And finally, in verses 21 and 22, we see that there will always be a need for more churches because there will always be a need for the invisible God to be made visible. 
This is what Paul writes here. He says, in Jesus, the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple. Paul's adding metaphors. He's got body, household, now temple. Grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Paul says the local church is like a temple. Paul talks about in different books of the New Testament that, that we together are a temple where God dwells by a spirit, even as we're individually a temple where God dwells by a spirit. But we are the place where God is made known, where the invisible God is made visible. And the more churches there are, the more places, the more communities, the more opportunities for him who is invisible to show himself through the church. And that's what our city needs. It needs more glimpses of our invisible God. I think about our downtown campus, which is open every first Friday during the the Crossroads um, Art District uh, first Friday event. It's giving people a glimpse. I I think about our our Leewood campus and and the awesome kids preschool there that that since it's been open has touched 3,000 plus families. Think of our Olathe campus and the work that they do in the public schools and the work that we're beginning here with Satchel Page Elementary School and the Turn the Page program. As long as we struggle to see our great God, there will never be too many churches. Okay, so, so if this is true, that there will never be too many churches, the question then for us is, is what are we going to do about it? What are we as a church going to do about it? And here's the answer. Take a look. Wait. Hello, Christ community. My name is Nathan, and I have the joy of serving as the campus pastor at Christ Community's first additional campus. We started out here in Olathe in the fall of 2006 when a faithful but struggling church offered us their property. And we'd already been planning and praying in that direction. So so when this happened, God made it obvious. He wanted us here. And I'll never forget my first Sunday in Olathe. There's only about a dozen of us there. We were joined a month later by about a hundred people from our Leewood campus who stepped out courageously in faith. Ordinary people, right? But people who believed that the multiplication of healthy churches is core to the mission of God's people. It's who we are. Multiplying churches, multiplying disciples, multiplying leaders. Just look at what God has done. Now it's our turn. For after much prayer, conversation, research, we believe that the time is now for us in Olathe to multiply, to plant. Not not just multiplying services, but multiplying congregations. We We don't want to grow inward. We don't want to exist merely for our own benefit. We want to see the expansion of God's kingdom for the glory of our great Savior and for the good of his people. And so it's our turn. For we are in the initial stages of praying and planning for Christ Community's fifth campus. 
We believe that God is calling us north. We also believe that we have the right leader already on our team, ready to go. Uh, Tim Spanberg, he's our, our pastoral fellow here in Olathe. He's been serving with us this past year, and he and his wife, Misty, and their two boys, they are phenomenal. If you haven't met Tim, you need to. When Misty and I first came to Christ Community, it felt different. A church that eagerly sends out amazing leaders to start new churches is different. A church that loves its city and seeks its good is different. People who are willing to leave the church they love and go and start a new one are different. Missy and I have always longed to give our lives to a church that gives itself away for the good of others. And we found our church. But I know what you may be thinking. Why do this? Olathe's growing, things are going well, why now? Well, if you've been around Christ Community long enough, you know God is always ahead of us, calling us forward. And we are confident God is ahead of us again. That we currently have over 150 people coming from Shawnee, Lenexa, KCK, Merriam, and North Overland Park attending Christ Community. And while those people primarily attend the Olathe campus, we have people coming from that region in all four of our campuses. And there are amazing people on that list, the kind of people whom God will use to write a new story at a new campus. Now God's already building this new campus, and it's time for us to join Him. And while God will direct specifically where we're to go, we're looking at an area between Shawnee Mission Parkway and Johnson Drive, between I-435 and I-35. But there's a bigger reason why it's time to plant a new campus. You. You are the reason. That I've asked one question more than any other in my past year. How'd you find Christ Community? And I wish I could capture the reactions in those moments. The joy, the tears, good tears. That you came looking for a church and God gave you a home. Because I've heard the stories, how this church helped save your marriage, came alongside you in a time of death, prayed for you when you were sick, that your kids love this church and can't wait to come, that in this place, the gospel came alive to you, and now God is writing a new story on your life. That all around Christ community, God is writing new stories, because the local church is the place where God writes new stories, because the local church is the one place with good news for everyone, no matter where they've been or what they've done. That's why we must always be about multiplying churches. That's why it's time for us to start a new church. And it's why God will call some of you to come to this new campus, because there are people who need new stories, who need a home who need what you and I have found at Christ Community. Because God has more stories to write. We have a new church to plant. Now there is still so much for us to explore. But we are praying and hoping that by the end of 2015 or early 16, we will have a whole new community of people multiplying churches, multiplying disciples, and multiplying leaders. So what about now? What do, what do we do now? Well, 
pray. Please join us in praying. Pray for that community. Pray for, for those who will, who will go. Pray for those who will come. And, and pray for those who will stay at all four of our campuses to, to fill in the gaps of those we have sent out and, and continue to, to give generously and sacrificially to the amazing work, the beautiful work that, that God is doing in our city. And for some of you, think about going. If you live in that area, might God be calling you, even, even in this moment, to do something big, something brave, something that you're going to be able to witness God at work. I just wonder what he's going to do next. Well, I hope that gets you excited. Um, It gets me really excited because, well, 13 years ago, I, I didn't have a passion for church planning. Today, there's a few things that that get me more excited than seeing new congregations formed. God is doing something surprising here, and we're excited to get to be a part of it. Um, We've seen him work here in Brookside firsthand, and and I I can't wait to see uh, the stories and how he begins to work as we launch this next campus in the Shawnee area. And when we stumbled onto kind of this this multi-site way of doing church, we had no idea the level of gospel-centered, so Jesus-empowered, life-changing kingdom impact that it would have. And God continues to nudge us forward in this work. Um, And and in many ways, in the past six to eight eight months, as, as we've really begun to think and pray and plan about what a fifth campus would look like, it felt a lot like the moment in the Old Testament when God was calling his people into the promised land, but they were on, on this side of the Jordan River that was flooded and it was rapids and he promised that if they would start taking steps into the river that, that he would dam it up and that they would be able to walk through. And so we started stepping out in faith, not knowing exactly how God was going to make a way for this or provide for this. And so step after step, you know, up to our ankles, still in the water, up to our knees and our waist, and we weren't quite up to our necks yet. Um, when God did something that, that really did surprise us but shouldn't surprise us. It's what he's always done. Because over the 25-year history of Christ's community, we've seen this again and again as we've stepped out in faith and in obedience to what we've sensed God is calling us to do. He's parted the waters before us. And he's done it again. For our generous God has prompted one of our Christ community families to give a very generous gift With joy and obedience and a love for Christ's bride, the local church, these followers of Jesus have given, wait for it, they've given $3 million. It's the largest single gift we've ever had given to Christ's community. It's $3 million with an M. And when Tom shared that news with us as campus pastors, we, we laughed, we cried, we literally cried tears of joy together. Um, We hugged and we prayed and we were stunned by God honoring the faith and and our obedience to step out and follow him and then seeing how he's made a way for this. And we want to be faithful stewards of these resources and so our elder leadership team has has allocated this gift with three D's in mind. I just want to kind of go through those with you this morning. Um, Those are debt, discipline, and deployment. First, we're devoting $1.5 million to debt. And actually, to, as of today, we are debt-free as a church, um, which is awesome, yeah. 
That 1.5 million wiped out all the debt from our Greater Things uh, Faith Initiative project that paid for expansions, much needed expansions at our Leewood and Olathe campuses. We are now debt free, which frees up interest costs for advancement in our mission. This is why as a church we have maintained a debt-free pattern for our 25-year history because we don't want to be paying interest. We want to be planting and multiplying. We've also devoted a, a half a million dollars to discipline, to fiscal discipline. And with a growing number of church homes, we have multiple buildings around the city now. We have increasing capital maintenance needs. We have an 80-plus-year-old building here in Brookside, and things break. And so we, we know we need to be setting aside money to keep our buildings in good condition. And then finally, we've set aside $1 million for deployment designated for our church multiplication strategy for the development of new campuses, not just Campus 5, but to have seed funds for the next campus and the next campus after that. I, I, I told you last week, if you're here, you didn't want to miss out on this Sunday. I hope you're not disappointed. God's provision for his people and for his mission is stunning. Now, this, this $3 million, it hasn't changed anything in our campus budgets uh, because of this gift. I and mean, we don't all of a sudden have this windfall in our campus budgets because we want to be as lean and as missional as possible. And the last thing we want is a gift like that to make us comfortable or complacent. Quite the opposite. This ought to spur all of us on to grow in our faith to continue to give generously and sacrificially, to embrace this mission. Because look at how God has positioned us. Now more than ever is the time to invest in what God is doing. He's leading us forward into new places. So that's what we together are going to do about it. But there's one final important question to ask as we're together here, and that's, that's what are you going to do about it? If there will never be too many churches, what are you going to do about it? Well, there's five things that I want to highlight for us this morning. For all those who, who call Christ community home, if you consider this to be your church home, I, I want you to consider these five things. First, I want to invite you to pray. You were handed a, a card on the way in that said a map of Kansas City and says, pray for Kansas City. Begin praying for our city. Put that card somewhere where it reminds you to, to pray for Tim and for Misty and the team of people who are going to be launching this new campus. For those of us who are staying as well, be praying for us. And, and don't just pray for Christ's community when you look at that card. Use that card to remind you to pray for every gospel-proclaiming church in Kansas City that is, that is planting or being planted. Because there will never be too many churches. And Christ's community is not going to be able to do all of it. So pray for every church in Kansas City that's planting churches, that's being planted. Pray that God would begin a new work in Kansas City and that he would begin with you. My prayer personally these days is, God, begin a new work in Christ's community and start with me. Begin a new work in Christ's community. Start with me. Second, give. Our, our, our generosity is measured not by the amount of money that we give, but by, but by the obedience to what God has called us to do. And it's never been more important. As we said earlier, this, this large gift isn't God calling us to comfort, but to step out in faith. People in the Jordan River, when it parted, they, they didn't just stand in the middle and admire what God had done, though. They pressed on into the land to what he was calling them to. Third, tell. 
begin to tell others about what is happening with this fifth campus. And, and maybe even think right now, who do I know who lives in kind of that, that region that Tim described, kind of that Shawnee, Lenexa, KCK, Overland Park area? Who do I know who lives in that area? Begin telling them what God is doing and how he's creating a place in their community for them to encounter Jesus and serve their neighborhood. Fourth, <laughs> send. I mean, there are, are people sitting in this room right now who live in or near the area that Tim described. And God is going to call some of them out of Brookside to that new place. And for those of us who, who don't go, there's going to be hard moments of, of saying goodbye and sending them out. But we want to be about that work. It's what Leewood has done when they started this campus and a bunch of us said goodbye there and started this new thing. So be willing to send people out. When it happens, it's going to be hard. But this is who we are. This is what we do because there will never be too many churches in our city. And finally, I want to encourage you to go. Because some of you, when I asked you the question, think of people who live in that area. You thought of yourself. You thought, I live in that area. And if that's you, could it be that God is calling you to be a part of this new thing. Be a pioneer in starting a new campus. This is a big thing to say as well. Even if you don't live there now, God might be calling some of you to actually move, actually sell your house and move to that area. I, I know that sounds crazy, but literally I can tell you stories of people who, with every one of our campuses, Olathe, downtown Brookside, who did just that when we started campuses. They actually picked up and moved to a different part of the city. We want to give ourselves away. We want to let God write new stories in our lives and in our community. Because that is what Jesus did, right? He didn't make us come to him, which was impossible. We were far off from him, so he came to us. He gave himself away on the cross. He didn't just give part of himself. He gave all of himself, rescuing us from our sins, giving us hope, writing a new story that is our life together. And now we get to do the same thing. We get to watch what God is going to do next. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, my prayer this morning is simply for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of your great name, would you begin a new work in us? And would you start with me? In Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus did come from far off. He became nothing that we might become rich. And every week we celebrate communion. The Lord's Supper is a, is a vivid, tangible reminder of the good news of the gospel, that he has done just that. In communion, we get to see and taste and touch the good news of the gospel. And if you're newer here with us, this is the one of your first Sundays, so let me just explain how we do this. Um, we have four communion stations around the room. So there's two in the back, and then there's two up here in the front. Um, just, we participate in community together in groups, so just when it's time, come forward and gather in a group of four, five, six people around the table, take the bread, dip it in the cup, and then um, eat it together. Um, if you uh, need gluten-free communion elements, we have those available at this communion station here. Um, 
And also, we practice open communion, which means you don't have to be a follower of, uh, excuse me, you have to be a follower of Jesus. That's essentially, you don't have to be a member of Christ's community. Uh, this, this table is for those who are followers of Jesus, but you don't have to be an official member of Christ's community. If you are a follower of Jesus, regardless of where your church home is, if you are with us this morning, you're welcome at the table. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, if you're like, hey, this is my first Sunday, or my neighbor invited me, and I'm just checking this out, I, I'm not sure what I think about Jesus yet, we are so glad that you're here. And we just invite you to take this time, um, there'll be some music playing, and just use this time to reflect, and, and maybe even ask, Jesus, would you, I'm not sure who you are, but would you begin to show me? He's pursuing you. Ask him to help you watch for him. So Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples, and he said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and again, when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus calls us to do this in remembrance of him. So come now to the Lord's table to taste and touch and see the good news of the gospel. Come when you're ready. Mm-hmm.